Well, hello there this afternoon, uh, this morning, or wherever you are this evening, wherever you may be that you may be hearing this, and those of you that might be able to join in either live or, or to um, listen to the archived version later on. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is episode 22 of our Bible Bites. And uh, we're wanting to read through the scriptures this year. I trust you are reading through the scriptures in some form or fashion in a Bible plan or a reading plan perhaps this year with me as well. And in my reading today, it's Exodus 13, 14, and 15. And so I'd like to just share a couple of things with you that are on my heart from these passages. First of all, Exodus 13 is um, the, the Lord has sent them forth out of Egypt, um, and they are moving forward. They are coming out of Egypt. Um, God has um, caused the death of the firstborn, that final plague in Egypt that has even touched Pharaoh's family, and Pharaoh's driven them away, and they have come forth. And it's interesting because the very first thing that God does in Exodus 13 is um, he, in essence, commemorates and makes very sacred and holy to himself the firstborn of Israel. This was, remember, the death of the firstborn in Egypt had just occurred. And so in light of God sparing Israel's families, and all of the firstborn in, of the children of Israel, God just asked them to set them apart, to just consecrate them as holy to the Lord, as special to the Lord, in a sense as a special thank offering, but also for blessing for them. Because if you remember, Jesus said, I've not come to take life. I've not come to steal. The, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And it's the same kind of thing here. God is going to bless their firstborns and their firstborn children and all of that. God's going to bless that and he's going to use them in special ways. And so in light of his sparing them, God simply asked that they redeem them. And we'll read more about that as we go through the scriptures, but he talks about how they're to be redeemed and they're not to, not to be destroyed in any way. And then as they leave Egypt, they take the bones of Joseph with them. Remember, we studied about Joseph and before he died, one of the things he made them promise him was that when God took them out of Egypt, that they would carry his bones back to the promised land. And so they kept this promise. And then I also pointed out in this chapter as well the importance of remembering and reading God's word that is stressed here as well. And the cloud and the fire that represents God's presence. And I want to point out a couple of things about that. There was a, a cloud that went with them and then it, it was a cloud of fire as well and a pillar of cloud. And this represented the fact that God himself was with them. You'll see later when he tells them to build him a house so that he can dwell with them. He dwells with them in this fiery cloud that represents his presence. And so we see that leading them out of Egypt. And I just want to point out it led them. It led them everywhere. God was with them. He protected them. 
and he even provided covering for them, heat when they needed warmth in the, in the cooler nights, perhaps, and air conditioning, so to speak, um, from the heat of the sun during the day as they would wander through the wilderness. We see this going on. God was with them, and he was with them in such a way to bless them and to protect them. So hallelujah, it's the same today. And that's why it's all about a relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Then in chapter 14, we come to the Red Sea crossing. And I had not really paid attention to this before, even though I've read it many, many times. But it's interesting that so much of this that is recorded here about the Red Sea crossing was happening during the night and into the wee hours of the morning. And it really wasn't completed until the dawning of the morning. I had not fully realized that before. But if you read through how God sent the wind that divided the sea and dried up the land for them. And this was all occurring during the night. And they were, they were, they were walking through these walls of water. It talked about how the, the water became walls on either side of them. And God made a way through the Red Sea for them. And then it talks about how in the morning, um, it's, let's see, um, 27, verse 27 of chapter 14. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So this all happened during the night. And you've got, you know, if you could imagine this, the scene and the, the, the fear perhaps that some of the children of Israel had, even though God had said, move forward, and God began to open up the sea for them. And so they're going forward like God had told them to do. And it made me think of the psalm that says that weeping may endure for the night or trouble sometimes we will go through in the night seasons of our life. But joy comes in the morning. God brought them through that dark night of trusting him, even when they maybe couldn't see all around them and couldn't see the answer and couldn't see how it was going to turn out. And yet joy came in the morning. And that's proven in chapter 15. Because after they got through the Red Sea, hallelujah, and the Lord destroyed their enemies and had told them the Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. And they didn't. And God did a mighty deliverance for them. And so in Exodus 15, we have the song of Moses here where he led them in a mighty song of triumph and praise, a victory celebration. And you had Miriam and the others that danced around and rejoiced before the Lord at what he had done. And I just want to point out one key thing from this song. I love this song of Moses. And in verse 2 of chapter 15, it says this, The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. In the King James Version, that word for I will praise him in that, in that verse says, I will prepare him a habitation. And when you look it up in the original Hebrew, it's talking about that. It's talking about a resting place, a place that he could rest, a place that he could call home. And I love that because, you know, we're learning 
that Christianity is not about rules and religion and uh, religiosity. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so here, Moses is declaring, I will make him a place that he can call his home. I will make him a habitation that's worthy of him, a habitation that will welcome him to come and live with us. And I just want to leave you with this word. Have you done that? Or are you doing that? Are we doing that as Christians? Are we making him a place inside of us that he can call his home? Are we making it beautiful? Are we welcoming him? Are we inviting him? And are we making him a home that he wants to come to and dwell in? And I encourage you with that word. I pray that you will be doing that as well as myself, that we would welcome God to dwell with us and have a place that he can fellowship with us and he can live and rest. He can rest with us, dwelling with us for the rest of our days. Father, I pray you touch your word and you anoint it and you bless the people with it, Lord. And I just thank you for the encouragement that you give to us every day as we read through your scriptures. Thank you that you are the living God. You are the God to be praised. And may every one of us make you a beautiful home, a home that you want to dwell in. And I pray that you will lead us into a deeper relationship with you in the year 2020 and in any and every year left to come until Jesus returns. In Jesus' name. I bless you and I pray that you will be able to join us again for more episodes of Bible Bites. God bless you.